Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Moving Into the Future. Today, I'm joined by Jeremy Hurwitz, creator of Sell Like a Spy and author of the forthcoming book, Sell Like a Spy. And he's also a strategic advisor at Interfor International. Uh, Jeremy, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. No, it's it's my pleasure. And, you know, I've gotten to know you and, and learn about your program, Sell Like a Spy, and your um, history of working with professionals, uh, you know, in the special from the special forces and uh, in the FBI, CIA, across you know different intelligence communities. Uh, so it's it's been very interesting. And as a first time author, how was it? Uh, you know, writing your first book and putting all of this experience and knowledge, uh, you know, into uh, script. Yeah, thanks, Jack. I appreciate that. It's been great to get to know you as well. Um, well, it, this is the first book of mine that's been published, but I've written a ton. I was a journalist overseas for a decade earlier in my career, and I still write very regularly on foreign policy and other things. Um, so, And I also uh, am the proud author of three unpublished novels when I was uh, younger. So I've been through the process of writing longer works. Uh, this is the first one that's broken through. I, I very much hope it won't be the last. We're, we're actually working on something else as well. Uh, but it was exciting. Um, you know, having worked on the program for a while already, I had a lot of what I wanted to do in mind. And it was just uh, the the actual task of interviewing a wide range of people helped inform the program and illuminate the the presentations I make and uh, talks I give even further. So it's a really incredible process that I enjoyed very much. That is that is very cool. And you speak about some of the people that you interviewed, you know, for this book. Um, are you able to talk about some of those people and the discussions that you had with them? Yeah, absolutely. There's only one individual who's my last interview that had to run uh, the, uh, what we talked about through the CIA, and they actually did censor uh, quite a bit of what we wanted to uh, have in the book, but we're talking about uh, with the publisher something creative around that, so watch this space for that. But you know, the, the people I've been involved with mostly um, had their cover rolled back is the way to describe it from the world of intelligence. Um, those that couldn't, I've used, uh, you know, sanitized names for them uh, to respect their restrictions. But, you know, some of the people I interviewed, Bob Grenier, who is writing the forward to the book, he's a mentor and friend. He was the head of the counterterrorism center at the CIA at the end of his career, a very prestigious position. He was also the uh station chief in Islamabad, Pakistan, when 9-11 happened. And he was the first uh, U.S. government official to meet with the Taliban after 9-11, some four days later. Um, and he'll recount that in the forward to my book uh, and relate it to the sales world. So that's interesting. Uh, General Stanley McChrystal, one of the most legendary generals and military minds of our time, had some incredible insights to share with me. He was a Green Beret. He was, of course, a major military leader. Uh, John Cipher, major uh, intelligence official, Mark Polymeropoulos, uh, Mark Sullivan, the head of the Secret Service, Gary Nessner, former chief hostage negotiator from the FBI. So some really, really top people, as well as some people who, again, can't uh, allow their names to be used. But, you know, there's some incredible lessons from across the range of government service that I've been able to synthesize into lessons. And, um, you know, everywhere I go, people say to me, oh, have you read this book, uh, Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss? And I say, yes, I did. And apparently the uh, uh, bookstores are talking about putting my book next to that one. So it's the closest corollary uh, to my book, I suppose. And I only hope it is, uh, uh, as my agent put it, a fraction of the success of that book. So keep your fingers crossed. I'll tell you what, that's a nice standard in comparison to set though, right? Coming out right out of that. Yeah. <laughs> I had my, uh, my hopes aimed high. 
And those names that you mentioned too are, that's, that's quite a list. And, um, you know, when you speak about those type of accolades and what those, uh, men and women have been through who have been in those positions and, you know, high stress, high leverage, um, very sensitive, uh, positions, you can see how it correlates to sales. And, um, you know, obviously the stakes aren't as high in sales, you know, you're either, uh, getting a deal or selling a service. Um, or providing a product uh, to somebody. But nonetheless, the value that you get out of those skills and traits become extremely helpful. So what are some of those traits, you know, that, that you've noticed in your time? And again, just for some background for our listeners, you mentioned your time as a journalist and that how you, that's how you first um, integrated into the um, intelligence community, you know, speaking with them and understanding them. And from what I understand, they were kind of selling you at first, right? Because they were looking to get information from you, correct? Yeah, maybe a bit. I I, I think you and I chatted about how I, when I was a younger journalist and pretty naive and, you know, probably an easy mark in some ways, uh, I had been, I traveled ex really extensively doing the work I did. And uh, I bumped into spies, I'm sure, competing for information here and there. But I think what you're referring to is you know, at more than one diplomatic event, and I lived for many years in Prague, and I used to go to um, uh, events at the embassy. And and now when I look back on it, you know, there were certain diplomats who were, you know, buttering me up and asking a lot of questions and kind of using some of the techniques that I teach um, to just get me to talk about some of the people I met with and their views. I was never anybody's agent, but a good case officer, just like a good salesperson, is going to use every opportunity to develop information that can be helpful for them. Um, and in terms of some of the skills you asked about, you know, I guess I'll try to briefly touch on CIA and FBI. There are a couple quick things to mention there. I mean, there's a lot to mention, but uh, with the CIA, people are, enjoy hearing about elicitation, which is a subtle skill involving how to impart how to get information without asking questions. Because the idea is when you start peppering somebody with questions, somebody that you find of interest, it might trigger a response that is not what you're going for. Cynicism, suspicion, defensiveness. So elicitation is one of the most popular things I teach, and it's about how to collect information a little more circumspectly. So that's a popular one. And then I do a lot with what's called skills of social influence, which comes from the world of the FBI. And it's about how to subtly modify people's behavior and how to read people through things like body language, um, how to detect deception. Note that I don't say how to you know, tell when somebody's lying because I don't believe that you can tell with a high degree of accuracy when people are lying, but you can uh, utilize skills of social influence to understand when someone might be engaged in deceptive behavior and then act accordingly. And then, of course, a lot of what I talk about having worked with uh, several former chief hostage negotiators at the FBI uh, is their ability to negotiate and how to deal with difficult encounters and cool those difficult encounters down, which obviously has... Uh, relevance to both the business world and in everyday life. And that's a point I like to hit pretty hard too, that these are skills you should use in your everyday life because they will benefit you, but you will also refine these skills and you know make them kind of second nature before you bring them into the more high stakes world of your career. Exactly, because they are valuable in everyday life, you know, certainly too. And, you know, obviously we mentioned those parallels uh, that we were discussing between, um, you know, the uh, special forces and intelligence communities that can be used in sales as well. But it's not just that correlation. You also worked in sales positions with these these type of special forces and um, intelligence, you know, community officials as well. Correct? 
Yeah, that's absolutely true. Even even when I was in journalism, more specifically, I I, wor I worked in part for a, a media association, and I was tasked with helping the organization grow. So I've always, throughout my career and to this day, have had business development responsibilities while kind of being half that, half practitioner. You know, someone who you know understands emerging markets, having lived in China and other places. I go to see my clients, and I leverage my credibility as well as the skills that I've picked up from intelligence officers, FBI agents, and others to build rapport and build relationships. Because you know, one of the things I say to clients is that unless your product or service is totally differentiated in the marketplace, or you have a price point that blows them out of the water, it's salesmanship, it's relationships that are going to be a critical ingredient in the success of any endeavor. So any little edge you can get in developing rapport with somebody is very valuable. Yeah, most certainly so. And you mentioned relationships. We talk about that a lot on this podcast is, uh, you know, the um, nurturing of relationships and uh, how you can do that more effectively. Uh, is there something specific that you can talk about in that relationship building? I know you, you mentioned um, elicitation and uh, the, the skills of social influence in that realm. But in terms of, uh, you know, building those relationships in one thing. I think one thing you mentioned to me before was uh, the art of flattery, you know, especially when you're young in your career um, and uh, in those in those early positions, uh, you know, the art of flattery can go very far for people um, when they're building those relationships and, and looking to make themselves memorable to others, correct? Yes and no. Um, a couple of things. I think I was talking about flattery in the context of elicitation, because when okay. we talk about elicitation, there are triggers to elicit information that I teach. Flattery is one of them, because in our society, flattery is, is often met with self-deprecation, because somebody in our society, we're supposed to show humility. So say you're interested in learning the you know source of your success, Jack, if I wanted to talk with you, instead of asking you, hey, you know, what were the mechanics? How did you do this? I might just comment and flatter you on your success. And you will more than likely be more candid and more revealing about your success and say things that will be more helpful to me if it's done in a manner that's a little bit more self-deprecating than if I just ask you directly when you might not respond to it as well. And I also, um, I'm thinking about this last person that I interviewed that had to have it checked with the CIA. You know, he liked to say that no one likes a squish. So you have to show, he was a Green Beret and a CIA case officer, you have to show backbone. And if you flatter too much, you're going to come across as obsequious and yep. uh, no one likes a kiss up. So, you know, of course you want to, you know, flatter when it makes sense, if you think it can be helpful to you, but relying on flattery too much is going to make you a sycophant. And that's not where you want to be. You want to sell as a peer and that's, and being a sycophant and being a sequious doesn't make you a peer. You're absolutely right. And it, it again, and everything is so delicate again, especially early when building those relationships and, uh, you know, working to qualify yourself and, uh, uh, again, get to know somebody in, in a, in a certain way and ideally build their business. Is there something, uh, you know, from the start that like, Really, the question I'm, I'm I'm trying to get at more so is: Is there stages to selling like a spy? You know, is there a, a growth process to it that you review in the book in some sense? I don't think there's really a growth process. I think getting back to what we talked about with you know skills for everyday life, as I call it, it's about taking these skills in after you learn and then practicing them on your friends and family. So you know, one of the things we talk about is mirroring. And in addition to physical mirroring, I reveal the world of verbal mirroring, which is an important skill of social influence that FBI hostage negotiators use. 
They can't be across from their subject and mirror them. So they use some of the same words. And we talk about details at a more granular level. And look, mirroring is the skill I think you have to practice most in your everyday life before bringing it to the business world. Because if you do it poorly, it can look like you know, you're know you copying or mocking somebody. And I even had a spy tell me about an encounter they had with an overseas intelligence service and they were trying to mirror his behavior. They did it poorly. And he was a trained intelligence officer, so he was able to see it. But if you do mirroring badly, it'll 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 backfire on you. So it's not so much about stages. I think you could read something in the book or hear me talk about something and then instantly use it. Um, but in in many cases, it's about practicing, refining these things, and then making them your own, making you know, adding them to your own very particular skill sets about how you connect with people. Absolutely right. Because again, in sales, you have to, it has to become your own voice. But like you said, you know, you'll come off as either a kiss up or a, or a fake. Um, and people can read that, you know, very easily. And to bring up that point in terms of uh, reading people and uh, understanding that, which I'm sure is largely a component of the uh, special forces and intelligence community, are there specific uh, details and, uh, you know, related skills? that uh, people can get from Sell Like a Spy, you know, related to reading and understanding people and, you know, where or what they might be thinking about either you or the product or service that you're selling? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'll say two things. First of all, when it comes to the world of, you know, like the Green Berets who have to get indigenous communities to cooperate with them, they drop behind enemy lines, they're typically under-resourced, you know, they don't want to be kiss-ups. They want to show character and they want to show uh, a moral center because people, you know, will will respect somebody who knows who they are. So they try to maintain that when they're building rapport um, and show that, you know, they're they're worth following, you know, so that's so that's an important point. You know, I think one of the I think what you're alluding to perhaps is reading body language. Um, and we talk pretty extensively about that. I was able to interview as part of the book, a, a very well-known expert from the FBI in body language. He has several books out there. Uh, Joe Navarro and uh, Joe and I talked about some of the things that I, you know, like to to speak about. I I don't want to give away too much here, but I I think the book cover cliche is false, and you can judge a book by its cover. And Joe and I talked about how um, that is uh, actually borne out in uh, in in behavioral science studies. We make assessments of people often in a fraction of a second that are almost always correct. Um, you know, and in terms of our message being delivered, uh, this it's quite extensive what we talk about, about reading body language. And it, I always want to point out, too, that there's no one uh, gesture that means always one thing because people are so various. But, you know, one of the things we teach is trying to find a baseline for behavior for somebody. How are they? What do they look like when they're calm and just listening? And then if you ask a certain question, hey, our fee is going to be the following. And if they do a pacify gesture, like they start rubbing their neck right after you say that, or they cross their arms in a blocking behavior, it's really the key is what did you say right before that? And then what behavior did they engage in right after? And then you can start to see is my message being delivered? You know, how are they responding to things? So there, there's not an ironclad, this means that, but there are ways to read people to narrow an information gap and make better decisions. Exactly. And like you said, too, uh, as you start to implement these practices in your everyday life, you mentioned your friends and your families. That's something you can really get good at and really understand. And that is going to help tenfold in the you know game of sales and business development and uh, you know related services such as that. 
Another thing too is, again, not only are you an author, uh, but you are a strategic advisor to companies um, and you know do provide some level of uh, input and um, service related to that as well. Is that um, selling like a spy, you know, a large part of your strategic advisory or what do you do in that, that realm? Yeah, I, I do do business development work for Intrafor International. It's really fascinating corporate intelligence firm founded by a former Mossad agent. If your listeners have ever seen the movie Munich, uh, the Eric Bana character, uh, is, uh, the former, uh, Mossad officer, Juval Aviv, who founded Intrafor International about 50 years ago. Uh, he was one of the guys in Operation Wrath of God responding to the Munich massacre of Israeli athletes, which is sadly, you know, all too relevant to what we're dealing with uh, in the world today. Um, but, you know, so I do do business development work for them. I, I travel around the country, especially when I'm giving talks in places and I meet with law firms and other. So I, I, I utilize the skills that I'm teaching now more than ever in some ways. Um, but what I what I do specifically, and again, leverage the same skills I'm teaching in Sell Like a Spy is I, I deal with the qualitative insights that we collect on investigations uh, at Interfor. And that means any good investigation is uh, essentially, there's two different phases. There's the public records research where we look at criminal records, bankruptcy, real estate holdings, you know, confirm education, all these different things. And once we do that, then sometimes we do go to phase two, which is referred to as discrete source inquiries when you know, I'll start to do outreach, usually on the phone, sometimes it's in person, and I collect intelligence from people using some of the skills that I teach about rapport building, elicitation, active listening. And I get people to open up to me and talk to me about what it was like to work with Jack in that previous role, because we've been hired by a private equity firm and they're considering retaining you and they acquire your company. So we look for qualitative insights and you know, we'll do things like if we hear that Jack is a big tennis player and is at his country club three or four days a week playing, we'll find a way to get into that country club and we'll observe you playing. And we'll give some insights back to the private equity client about, you know, is Jack a big baby and slams his racket down, his racket down and when he loses and he walks off the stage like a and having a tantrum or is he gracious in defeat, you know? And these qualitative insights are really important when you are putting $100 million into a company and you're thinking about whether to retain the executive. So that's kind of the corporate spy angle. Yeah. Wow. That is fascinating. <laughs> and, uh, very unique. And I'm sure you, again, you know, considering your, um, you know, your, your qualifications um, and experience, uh, a great role for you to fill into. And, and just for the record, um, I am gracious in defeat, especially at tennis, golf, <laughs> you know, sports. I'm uh, I'm not very good at. It's funny, actually. I am uh, I'm coaching an 11 year old basketball team right now. Oh, it's and, great. Um, we uh, experienced defeat for the first time. A lot of these kids, <laughs> um, and I and I explained that lesson to them. Uh, you know, being gracious in victory and defeat. Good for uh, you. So good yeah. You. So if, uh, if there ever comes a time, you know, I'm sure I'll pass that test. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, in terms of, uh, the, the entire program sells like a spy, because not only is it a book, but it is a program, you know, that you offer as well. Um, can you tell us more about that and who you're offering that to, uh, you know, what type of, um, whether it be talks that you provide, I know you're doing something for, uh, IBT pros next week, which we're looking forward to. Um, you know, what else do you do for companies? Um, you know, as far as the program sell like a spy goes. 
Yeah, thanks for asking. It, it's for, it's a flexible program in that I'm just trying to meet the needs of my clients. Sometimes it's like a lunch and learn that I'm, like I'm doing with you guys. Sometimes it's a keynote a, a speech at a conference. I've done quite a bit of that. Um, sometimes I'm next Wednesday morning, or actually, excuse me, tomorrow morning, next Wednesday, I'm with you guys. I am uh, working with another sales team to do a training. So that'll be kind of a two hour intensive session. Um, you know, I often do full day sessions that are quite exhausting, but we spend the entire day together and we go through, I, I provide clients with kind of a roster of things that we can talk about. A lot of it's on my website too. And we go over how to customize it for your particular organization. So this is where my consulting background is also helpful because I'll usually do a minimum of two interviews with the client if we're going to do an extensive training session to understand their pain points, to understand what kind of information do, do they want to gather? You know, where are they in the marketplace? What are what are the challenges with your sales team? Are they hunters? Are they farmers? Do they need to be more than the other? And I'll customize and I'll you know provide advice on what I should talk about based on what I hear. Um, and then I also do a lot. So that's, and that's, I'm thinking of sales teams there, but I do a lot with um, just teams of corporate executives, you know, groups of them, whether they're networking groups or whether I come into a company and meet with, you know, often the C-suite and sit down and talk with them um, because a lot, there's a lot in my book on management and ethics. So it might sound funny, but the ethics of spies, but there's actually a lot that we can learn from the CIA about how they clarify the mission of what a case officer is meant to do. And every organization can learn from that in terms of providing a mission statement and helping people to prioritize, you know, what is uh, the pyramid of, uh, you know, priorities for this organization. So I do a lot with um, with boards and with, you know, top executives as well to help them also relate to junior staff. If you're the CEO, it can be lonely at the top. How do you connect with people below you and make them understand that you're just a, a person on the team and you have a lot of experience, you want to be accessible to them. So at its heart, you know, this is a, obviously the title, Sell Like a Spy, it has benefits in that I think it's very easy to understand what I'm talking about, but it doesn't necessarily um, incorporate, uh, A, the range of different government officials that I've tapped into and whose learnings I've synthesized, and it doesn't necessarily get beyond sales, but it, this is really, again, skills for everyday life, and it's really good for corporate executives. It's about communication strategies generally. Right. And something you said too was the custom, you know, customizing it. And you, you set the standard immediately. You talk about listening and understanding. And that's something you do when you walk into these organizations, you know, whether it is with the sales team or senior leadership, you're taking the time immediately to talk to them. And what that does is, you know, qualifies you immediately for them and allows you to understand them and, you know, see where you, as you mentioned, the pain points are which is very similar to what sales is in general, is identifying your client's pain points and then coming up with the necessary solutions in order to service them and, and, and fix those pain points. Uh, so that's incredibly valuable. Um, and you know, just for our, our listeners too, when does the book release? So the pre-orders are kind of coming out. <laughs> I had people mm -hmm. by emailing me stuff about it. We're actually finalizing details about uh, the cover um, but there are um, pre-order links up on Barnes and Noble, on Target. I, I, there's one on Amazon as well now too. So um, the pre-order's up. The book will be out in August. Right. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So yeah, looking forward to that. That'll be uh, that'll be amazing. I'm going to pre-order mine. And you know, have you always, considering you you started in journalism and that is your writing 
you know, background and uh, your passion for that existed. As far as the passion for the uh, spy and um, special forces intelligence communities, is that something you always possessed as well? Or is that something you developed in your time overseas? I think it's probably since I've been a kid, I've been interested in that kind of thing. Uh, and, you know, people ask me, were you, you know, were you a spy? And I, I was never in the CIA. I've been a corporate spy. I, you know, respect those public servants too much to ever, you know, from like I was uh, with the agency. But um, I would have been a bad spy when I was younger <laughs> because I was, you know, a guy who liked to have a good time. I, I'm good at keeping other people's secrets and not as good at my own. Um, so uh, but that's been an interest I've had for many years. Yeah. Very cool. Do you have a favorite spy movie or TV show or anything? I love the show The Americans. Um, mm -hmm. That's pretty well known, but there's a show called The Bureau that's a little harder to find. It's a French show. I think it's on like the Sundance channel. That is the best spy show to see. Um, I don't have a sp favorite spy movie, though. It's more the TV shows. It's funny. I'm going to an event on uh, on Friday, and the theme of the event is uh, like spy and espionage. Um, and a really costume party. So I, I, was, uh, I have to dress as a character. So I'm working on that. I was going to see if you gave me any, any good tips there. Maybe I'll look up the brio and, you know, take a, take yeah. you're in there. And I should say in terms of movies, I mentioned it already, but Munich is a great mm -hmm. Spielberg movie and it's based on a true story. So that maybe would be the top one for me. And, uh, yeah, a couple of uh, Halloweens ago, I dressed as the deep state with, uh, with sunglasses, you know, the fedora, dark suit, you know, so maybe that would help with your espionage ideas. Yeah, have to send me some pictures of that for sure. And a sure thing. But uh, Jeremy, you know, thank you so much. This was uh, fantastic. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, we met uh, probably about, geez, now four or five months ago. And as soon as I spoke to you, I said, this is so intriguing. And uh, I think anytime you can give somebody a, uh, a new way to present themselves and also analyze those around them, uh, becomes valuable. And then when you incorporate the um, excitement and, uh, you know, just uh, unknowingness of a spy into sales, it becomes even more intriguing and exciting. So, you know, I'm glad we got to do this and I'm excited uh, for the book to come out and, and everything we got going on coming up with IVD Pros um, and, and hopefully other, you know, endeavors as well. And uh, you mentioned your website. Um, you know, where can people find you and uh, learn more about your your services and, and what you got going on. Yes, yeah, selllikeaspy.net, all, all one word, selllikeaspy.net. And, uh, you know, connect to me on LinkedIn. That's where I tend to post things. I think with the book, I'll have to establish like an author, Twitter, or Instagram and all that. And I'll, you know, I'll be out there with that. But for the moment right now, go to the website and going to uh, connect to me on LinkedIn is, is the best way to go. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, if I had more time, I would have asked you more about, you know, the gentleman who wrote the forward to your book and I'm meeting with the Taliban and stuff like that. But I'm sure you want to save that for the book, right? Yeah. Or I'll tell you on the sidelines. No problem. Yeah. Sounds good. Jeremy, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And looking forward to uh, reading Sell Like a Spy coming up. Uh, thanks so much, Jack. Great to be with you and looking forward to next week. It's my pleasure. Thanks, everybody, for listening.